0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I'm Greg Short. My wife Amy and I have been coming here to the Rhodes for about 10 years now. And such an honor and a privilege to get to be the one speaking to you today. Pastor, as you can see, is back from his Tanning session on the beach. And aren't you just glad that we just want to give opportunity to bless our pastors? They do such an amazing job. And, Chad, I just want to tell you, thank you for making church fun. I'm telling you, don't you love that? I just, I enjoy coming. I know that I'm going to get a good word, I know that I'm going to get ministered to and get to minister and have opportunity and all that. And I, that just blesses my heart. I want to be here. I'm sad when I don't get to be here. Amen. It's so good. So you get to listen to me today, and so bear with me. Here we've got God actually gave me a word in my heart to share with you. So that's a plus, right? I just had to pull something out, or I didn't go to sermons.com for this one. I actually prayed, and Holy Spirit kind of invested into me something to share with you. And so I just want to encourage you in that, because I really, truly believe that this is a word for the church today. I really believe that what the Holy Spirit wants to to speak to you this morning is very timely, and it's something that's going to change your life if you'll embrace what he has to say to you. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, let's turn to the 139th Psalm. Yeah! Amen. Excited about the word. also want to welcome our online guests. We're excited you're here joining us today. So I've... Bear with me here. I've got to get these things out. Apparently, I was on a mission trip earlier this year, and we were in a darker church, and I always have my, my uh, pocket Bible when I go on mission trips. It's, the print's fairly small, and I was really struggling to see the words. I'm just like... And so I go to the eye doctor, and they're like, well, you have what we call you're over 40. Yeah. Is there anybody in the house who can tell me, man, after 40, oh, my goodness, So, yay. And people at work say, You look like Santa Claus. I'm like, Thanks. You get the red suit, man, you can pull it off. I'm like, Great. Thanks, guys. Makes you feel really good, right? All right. So, we're going to dive into the word. We're going to start with verse 13. One of my favorite passages in the word. It says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. How interesting is that? He saw us before we even had form. And in your book, you need to get this in your spirit. In your book, they were all written. The days of... Fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. What an amazing word from our Father to his children. Is that awesome? Let's pray. Father, we are so excited what you're going to do this morning, Lord. Father, just I'm in awe at the fact that you think of me, that they're marvelous thoughts. They're, they're countless. Father, you're, you're so incredible and you're so good to us. I, there, there wasn't a thing I did to deserve any of that attention you gave me, Lord, even from the beginning of time you thought of us, and so we just sit here in awe and and say yes to you, Father. We give you our yes. We bless you. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus that we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, maybe around a month or so ago, a few weeks ago, uh, some of you saw my testimony up on the screen here. And for those of you that don't know, last December uh, was traveling to a very dear uh, brother. Uh, his son had passed away unexpectedly. And and we had traveled to, to Kentucky to be in, in a part of the funeral and to be there and to support our dear brother. And and I end up with a migraine headache. Does anybody, actually on the way over there, it was developing and getting worse. Does anybody in here deal with migraines at all? Oh my goodness, when you have a migraine, it's like the worst thing. It fe- at the moment, it feels like the worst thing that can happen because it just seems like you just cannot get any relief. And it hurt this bad, an hour ago, but now it hurts this bad and it just continues to climb. And so, through this process, and I don't have enough time to share with you, but through this process, I end up in the hospital non responsive. I'm in the emergency room. They're hollering at me. They, and if you work in the medical field, if you have somebody that comes in non responsive, they tend to do some things, some pretty drastic things, to get you to respond. They take their knuckles and they grind your sternum, which feels fantastic because even though I could not move, I couldn't respond, I couldn't speak, I could see straight and where my eyes were pointed, I could see, but I could hear and feel everything. They're stabbing me with sharp objects. They're pinching me. They're smashing my fingernails. And I'm thinking, why are you picking on me? This is horrible. It's bad enough that I'm really starting to freak out because I'm starting to choke on my own spit. I can't hardly swallow. They're sticking a tube in my throat. They're doing all these things. And so they get my phone, and thankful, thankfully with technology, they use my thumb to unlock my phone. And they call my wife, and the doctor gets the phone from my friends. And, and I hear, ma'am, your husband is having a stroke. And I'm thinking, wait a minute here. I'm I'm 45 years old. I'm not having a stroke. In the name of Jesus, I am not having a stroke. And Amy, when, when she got the news, she was kind of the same. She's like, no, no, he's not. You know, she wasn't going to accept that or receive it. And I didn't want to receive that. That's no, this is bad. But yet, there's man, what's happening to me right now? It's crazy. They did the imaging. They saw a, a bleed on my my uh, right frontal lobe and. And so they rushed me over to UK and come to find out UK is like known in the world for treating strokes. So I was in the best place. I had my pastor with me. I had half my India team with me. I, I mean, I was covered. Right? I was surrounded by amazing people who were fighting on my behalf. And, and so I'm, I'm just I'm laying there and, and when they wheel me in, there's a neurologist waiting on me. And bless his heart, he just starts screaming at me. And he reaches down and grabs my chest, grabs a hunk of whatever, <laughs> twists, picks me up off the bed and drops me, and I'm like, "Ow!" Uh, obviously, I, I mean, in my head, I couldn't say anything, I wouldn't twitch, respond, nothing. And they continue to smash my fingernails. So, okay, guys, we already been through this at the other place. Why do we have to do it again? So they do. They fold your fingers up and smash your fingernails. Like, I don't know what they use but they stab you with it on your forehead on everywhere imaginable they're stabbing me and my body's not even twitching my nerves are not responding to the stimulus that they're giving to me and back when I was in college I'm just going to open up the closet and let you guys look in and see all the junk here because I really want some I really want you to get what God wants to say today when I was in college first time living away from home and There was a situation in our family that was too much for I felt I could handle, and I was going to commit suicide, and I had a big old bottle of pain pills, and I took a bunch of them, like over half the bottle, and I'm like, this is it, I'm going to die. And the only reason I share that with you is because the feeling I had, I knew I was dying. I knew that this was it, and I didn't want to live anymore, I wanted to move on, and I felt that feeling. And so that familiar feeling came back. I'm laying there. They're getting ready to put me in another uh, CT scan and um, to do more imaging at the other hospital, and I can feel it. This is it. And as I'm feeling that, I hear the Lord call to me, and 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 I just kind of see in my heart. I see, you know, it's like when you're staring at the sun, or no, sorry, you're not staring at the sun, but you're talking to somebody and the sun's behind them, and all you see is a black outline. That's what I saw. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little bummed out. I'm like, I am having a meeting, a one-on-one awesome meeting with Jesus, and I can't even see his face? Well, oh, man, I was really bummed about it. You know, it's funny, you think about everything else going on, that's what you're thinking about. That was my first thought. So, I'm like, really, God, oh, I want to see your face. You know, come on. So he calls out to me, and he says, do you want to come home, or do you want to fight? And i got to tell you, churches, believers you know, we read the scriptures and he tells us, hey, I go. Jesus left the earth so that he could prepare a place for his bride, right? For us. And for Jesus to say, do you want to come home? I'm like, wow, that is so awesome, right? I mean, that's the goal, right? We're going to leave at that appointed time for us to leave, and then we're going to get to go be with him in the place Jesus himself has prepared for you. That's something to shout about, church. That's exciting. And so I mean, that's pretty tempting, right? That was so tempting. That was a, 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 just an amazing offer that he was giving me in this moment. But yet, when he asked that, it was a rhetorical question, meaning that we, we both knew the answer to it. I just, there was something stirring inside of me, laying, going into the MRI machine, the CT scan, whatever it was. I'm laying in there, and there's just a stirring in my heart and i just knew that god there's you're not done with me there's there's a it was a sense of purpose it's hard to describe there was such a sense of purpose that god you, you created me for a reason and and, and I, I mean yeah i want to be with my wife and kids still I'm, but, you know, the, the thought of, hey, babe, sorry, you're on your own now. You know, God's got you. It's okay. You know, that was tempting. But yet the overwhelming, there, I, could, I just couldn't get over how overwhelming it was, the sense of calling and purpose uh, that God had placed inside of me. And so I said, God, I want to fight. I know and believe that's fully what you want for me to do. And, and so <laughs> this is really weird, but welcome to my world, right? Um, <laughs> I saw an Oreo cookie basically. Anybody in the house loves them some Oreo cookies? And I saw myself as an Oreo cookie. I'm a double stuff, just so you know. (laughs) And does anybody in the house love to take the cookie apart and get the inside out first? I mean, just, oh yeah, come on, you know you do, right? And so I just had this crazy image, and I'm just like, God, I want you. To get all of the goody out of me, I don't want to leave this earth not having fulfilled the purpose that you have for me because you put me together. You placed things inside of me. And, church, it's one of the things as, as we read that passage in Psalm, the one thing that we need to understand is that every person represented in this place and watching online. God has put specific things on the inside of you. They're special things, they're incredible things, they're unique things, and you are awesome. If you haven't heard that yet this week, you need to hear it now. You are amazing, why? Because God put you together. From the foundation church of the world, God put you together. He instinctively and purposefully put you together. You are not an accident. You have purpose and there are incredible things there, there's things about you that you might even yourself feel, this is weird, why do I do this? But, the, but it's awesome, it's special, it's unique. Each and every one of you is unique, just like me and my Oreo cookie, right? It's unique. We are unique and, and just intrinsically made by God. And so um, I want to also, yeah, next verse is Jeremiah 1.5. I love this. Now remember, as you read this passage, God is not a respecter of persons, even though we realize God speaking to Jeremiah in this passage. And he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's pretty wild. Okay. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Wow. Okay. So before there we even had a form, God knew us. Um, he sanctified us. He set us apart. He placed things inside of you meaning he that he prepared you and he is dedicating you. Okay? And and so it's it's a, like a calling. And so what I was feeling, I really believe in that moment, I was feeling that very thing that before the foundation of the world God knew me. He knew me and he and remember we just read in Psalm, the thoughts he has towards me are countless. You can't count them. His thoughts church that he has for you are countless is that amazing? Sometimes we don't feel loved, right? Sometimes we don't feel important. We just, going through our day, we're at work, we're taking care of the kiddos, we're, we're shopping, or we're just, ugh. you know, it's like, it's like asking your spouse, what do you want for dinner? It's always, well, I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want, right? You know, we go through life, and some, we get there, right? I get there. It's just like, man, what, what am I even doing here? Am I just taking up space? The Bible clearly tells us no because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. The title of this morning's message is The Power of Your Potential. And what we need to realize is that there's so much more to us than we give God credit for. So much. We were created by God, right? Not GM or Ford. We were created by God. The, the, right? There's nothing greater than God. And so so when he, when he put these things inside of us, they're for a purpose and they're calling, just like I felt laying there in that hospital. I just felt that that pulling and that drawing. I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to say here? So we're gonna look at three things. Pastor is getting me conditioned here, okay? So there are three ends we're gonna look at because God has <laughs> invested in you, placed things inside of you, and those three ends we're gonna look at this morning are intuition, instinct, and ingenuity. And now Before we get started here, I, I often just simply got intuition and instinct mixed up. I really felt that they were the same thing, but we're going to discover this morning that they actually are different. And so God has placed inside of you intuition, and intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. And so there are things God placed on the inside of you that you do them without really having to think about them. And we can go on all day about situations to where this takes place. And one thing I was thinking of is uh, Amy and I used to pastor a church in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And, and uh, we, we had some friends that had a cement pond. Does anybody know what a cement pond is? It's no. yeah, a swimming pool. We didn't have these. Right? We didn't have cement ponds in Ellery. I mean, <laughs> you went to a pond if you wanted to go swimming when I was growing up. Unless you went up to Albion and went to the pool. But um, So, yeah, they had a very nice swimming pool. And our daughter, our oldest, is, she was the only one of the three we had at that time. She's about two and a half years old. And we were getting all ready and stuff. And, and uh, like, I said, like I said in the first service, uh, my kids often get put into my sermons. And they, they usually afterwards, they have to kind of meet together. Okay, who'd Dad talk about this time? And I love to embarrass my kiddos. And they love me. And we got a really good relationship. But my oldest, she's like, she's like I'm like, Cassie, you got your bathing suit? She goes, yes, Daddy, I have my baby soup. That was her word. And so today, that's the running joke in the family. Hey, Cass, you got your baby soup? And So she's like, Dad, really? I was two. I mean, come on. Give me a break. And so parents, you know, as parents, especially when they're that little, they're really mobile, you cannot hardly turn your back, right? And so I find myself in a situation, Amy and I were talking, and the lady that owned the house, we were kind of talking, and it's like, where's Cassie? (laughs) I turn around, and I see my two-and-a-half-year-old's head about six inches under the water, bobbing up and down. Now, I didn't look at her and say, hmm, I, I think she's got this. I mean, maybe she'll just learn to swim, right? I mean, she didn't know how to swim. She's two-and-a-half, and what did I do? Immediately, as soon as I saw the situation, didn't I didn't think about this. I just dove in and scooped her up and pulled her up with her choking and coughing, and, you know, she was okay, but... There are things that we do, right? You don't think about them. I, mean, I always think of moms of this. And dads are a little more like, yeah, I rub some dirt on her. Yeah, you, you can swim, right? <laughs> you know, you're all right. <laughs> Shake it off, you know. But, but there is something, I, t- I tell you, there is something about a woman's intuition. Husbands, a little pointer here. We need to listen to our wives in a lot of areas because I don't know what it is. My wife has saved me countless amounts of times. There is something going on about woman's intuition And, gentlemen, you will have years added to your life if you listen to your brides. (laughs) That's right, ladies. You can pay me later. It's okay. So, God has placed intuition inside of us. And uh, in Job 38:36, it says. And God is speaking to Job from a whirlwind, which is pretty wild. You know, Job went through a lot. If you've not ever read the book of Job, I encourage you to do it. It's an incredible story. Job's in a bad, bad way. And so God's asking Job rhetorical questions. And he says, Job, well, who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? So this intuition he gives you is into your innermost being and your inner man. He's given that to you. And there are situations you find yourself in, there's just... Sometimes you say, I don't know why I know this, and you react to that situation according to, okay, something's going on here, and you find out, well, that was actually true. That's one of the things that God has placed on the inside of you. And then the other in is instinct, and this is where we don't confuse intuition and instinct because instinct is actually your skill, it's talents, gifts, and abilities, and capacity. And so, I'm, of course, i got to insert my kids into my sermon because I love to give my kids a hard time, right? And, and life and testimony is just incredible, isn't it? It's, we learn so much. I've heard so many of your testimonies and the things that God has brought you through and, and, and the struggles and the trials and how awesome God is through those. And so when, so when I think of, of, the, of capacity and ability, you know, I think of my middle daughter, Amber, who's, who's in Alaska for King Salmon season. She told us, hey, Dad. I can make a lot of money if I go to Alaska and work at a fishery. And I'm thinking, you hate fish. When she was little, she would only eat macaroni and cheese. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, Dad. Amber's going. She's a, a, going through ministry training at the Ramp in Hamilton, Alabama. And she just over and over and over just surprises and, and amazes us with her ability to overcome and do things. But when Amber was born, she was, she was born at home, and uh, our we had our midwife there and. And she was born, I've never seen or even heard of this before, but she was born with a smile on her face. I mean, I just, I will never forget that. Now, I tend to believe that it was because she looked at me and said, Oh, wow, I got an awesome dad! Yes! (laughs) I guess that wasn't the case because that's actually how she is. She's so easygoing, has a humongous capacity to love people, she would be in a situation at school. You know how school is, right? When they're little, I mean, kids are just mean to each other. I mean, they just don't, they don't think. They don't think about the consequences or anything. They see something that they want. They take it or whatever, you know, and, and then kids, sometimes school can be pretty tough on kids, and and Amber's very tenderhearted, and like, she just, she wants to love everybody. She's like, why doesn't everybody just want to love everybody? I don't understand. It just doesn't, it doesn't just fit in her, in her heart, you know, it's like, why isn't that? And she just loves people, and so even people that would pick on her, she'd be easy to forgive them, and she would just love them, and I'd be like, she comes home, and, you know, we're sitting at the, ta- the dinner table, and, and uh, we're talking about our day, and she goes, yeah, this kid hit me today. I'm like, who hit you? Where do they live? Let's go, all right? <laughs> we're going to take care of this. I'm going to talk to their parents, right? <laughs> so, no, that's okay. It's all right, dad. It's all right, you know. I so, wow, that was pretty cool. And So I see that in her as a young child, and Amber has a heart for missions. That's really why she's going to the ramp. She's wanting to go to Knoxville next and work, work uh, with another uh, team there. But she and I, because of that, she and I went to Mexico just this last spring. And I thought, well, this will be really neat because, you know, I'm dad, right? And I want to say, all right, you say you want to be a missionary, but a child, like I said, I mean, I, mean, I know her, you know. I was just like, I don't know, right? And so we, we, we go to Mexico together and I'm thinking I'm gonna to get to watch her I'm going to kind of get to observe and stuff and see how she responds and let her see oh, this is you know we're going to Mexico and this we weren't staying at a resort I mean the the conditions and stuff weren't great and the things that we were going to do uh, so you know there's a there's a big crisis at the border and stuff and that's where we were at and we went to all these churches to minister to people and, and so forth and that was pretty similar to a lot of the trips I've been on either in India or Nicaragua or Honduras is kind of similar you go to these churches you feed people you share the word you pray over them to be healed it's really exciting stuff it's really incredible Um, and I'm just going to say how's my daughter going to handle all this stuff remembering that when she was born this happy-go-lucky kiddo who just loved people so we're we're uh, setting up one night and they're having what they call a block party now, this block party, is a, they have some music. They have someone sing. Someone play the guitar or keyboard. They set up a food stand. And I s- noticed that they had set up a makeshift nail salon. They used about eight folding tables. And had set up a nail salon. I'm like, well, that's kind of different. I hadn't seen that done. Maybe it's a new thing, you know, that they're doing, you know, to try and minister to people. <laughs> and so the next thing I hear is they say, okay, we are going to split up into three teams and we're going to walk the streets here, and we're going to the brothels that are run by the drug cartels. And I'm like, say what? <laughs> I don't know that I signed up for this. And I'll be honest with you, I was I was starting to freak out a little bit. And so we are splitting up into teams. I grab Amber. I'm like, she's on my team. She's going with me. And so we take off down the street, and we're walking down this dark alley. And some of you that know me know that you can tell how I'm doing just simply by the look on my face. It's one of those things that God put in me, I guess, when he was knitting me together. And I, That's one of those things like, oh, God, really, why? But, yeah, you can tell how I'm doing by the look on my face. I just don't have an ability to hide that. So my wife loves it because she knows. I know what's going on just by looking at me. So we're walking down the alley, and our little four-foot-nothing translator looks up to me, and she goes, sir. Do not be afraid. And I'm like, afraid? (laughs) I'm not afraid. (laughs) Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, right? (laughs) I was terrified. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? I got my daughter here with me. I'm like, wow. I mean,. this is ministry, this is real, I mean, we're really doing this, I'm going to get shot, I've seen Breaking Bad before, I know it's going to happen, God, what, I'm going to get beat up, I mean, what's going to happen, you know, all this stuff is going through my head, and I'm just like, wow, what are you doing, God, you know, and so, and it just so happened, the very first brothel we walked up to, there is a lady of the night, and there's a couple of gentlemen. Um, Let's just say, trying to make a deal, and it's not a game show. Um, And so our little translator, she just marches right up there, and they had a little something to give uh, to them, a little gift, and she gets right in the middle of them. And I don't know why or what possessed me to do it, but I'm standing behind the lady. And those two guys, they begin to look up at me, and it's like, what are you doing? You know, and I'll be honest with you, I'm like, oh, Jesus, if I die, I'm going to die serving you, Lord. And I don't know, something inside of me, something inside of me rose up, and all of a sudden, I find myself in a genuine Mexican standoff. It was like, I don't know what it was, but I stood, ground dug my heels in, I stood my crown, and they turned around and walked away, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Because I don't know what I was going to do if I was like, "Hey guys, what's happening?" Wow. And, and so we went through town doing this. And my daughter, bless her heart, she just she wanted to be up front. she wanted to give the gifts out. She wanted to talk to these ladies.'m like, Amber, what are you doing? Like just, let's just kind of observe, right? You know? I'm just being real, okay? I mean, I was I was scared. I was genuinely scared. I'm like, I'm going to get shot. And they're going to throw me in the sewer and nobody will ever see me again, right? All this crazy stuff going around in my head. And so we go through town doing that. And then we get back to the block party. And at the block party, I noticed that, so the nail salon was set up. So they were giving an invitation to the ladies to have their nails done for free, to have a meal. And because these ladies have been kidnapped from their families, you know, this isn't the job when they were a little girl, they didn't think, this is what I want to do with my life. And they're trapped inside of this. And, and so what they do is the ladies are sitting down, and they have time. They do a really good job doing their nails and ministering the gospel of Jesus that, hey, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're amazing. God loves you. You have value. You know, they're speaking life into them and over them. It was just incredible. And so I'm, I'm kind of taking it all in. And I look over and kneeling in the street is my daughter with her arms around this young lady who is considered an untouchable person. And she's just pouring out the love of God on her, speaking life into her that Jesus died for her and loves her. And I'm just like, "Oh my goodness. I got to, isn't it great I got to see full circle what God's doing from when I saw her being born. And I was, you know, you try to say, well, why am I made this way, God? I mean, it's not fair for someone to pick on her and her just to forgive her. We know we're supposed to do that. But she's just genuinely able just to, to love and, and do that. And so it didn't matter to her. She wanted to show the love of Jesus. And it's so natural to her. But see, God put that inside of Amber from the beginning of the world, from beginning of history. It says he knew her. And he put that in her, and, and he wrote in his book, in, uh, of her book, every page of your life. Isn't that amazing? Hold the phone. God has written a book about you, each and every person in this place, every person watching online, God has written a book about you. And he knows every intimate detail and thought that he had towards you. That's just amazing. There's a guy I watch on YouTube, his name is Ed Milette. and and he's kind of one of those, uh, like, a, like a coach, you know, that help, help you just be your best self and, and do certain things, and just a wonderful person. And anyway, and one of the things that he said just sticks to me, and, and that is that he believes that when he enters into heaven, that God will introduce him to that person that God thought of when he thought of Ed. And I thought, wow. And he said, you know what? He said, I want to be as close to that person as I can possibly be. I want, just as I I was laying there in the hospital, and I just had, I just can't get over it. It's just, God, I genuinely want you to have all the glory, get everything out of me that you invested inside of me, and give you all the glory. I want to bring an offering to you, Father. I want to bless you. I want you to get everything out of me That you've intended. And you know what? He wants to do the same with you. God wants to partner with you. God doesn't want to drag you behind him. He wants to partner with you. And you know what's awesome about all this? Is the fact that he does all the heavy lifting. I mean, all I had to do when I was in Mexico was give God my yes. I went. I didn't really know why I was going. I thought, well, Amber's wanting to do this. Let's see how this turns out. I gave him my yes. I didn't know how I was going to get. There's a lot. Mona does an amazing job that if you go on a trip with her, um, and I can only speak for her and Lewis because I've not been with any of the other leaders here that take different mission trips, but she does an excellent job of letting you know what you're going to be doing. Kind of, you know, plans do change because blessed are the flexible on the mission field for sure. you got to be flexible. But I, I'm, I'm a planner. My personality type is I want to know did I know that I know what's happening? Well, that wasn't the case when we went to Mexico. And was, that was part of the reason I had fear kind of come on me is because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. What are we doing next? What are we, do, what are we doing tomorrow? Where are we going to be at? It's like, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's like, no, that's not how you do things. we got a plan. I, I need a plan. I'm a very, i got to have a plan. And so God empowers your Yes. You think, man, God, how am I going to do this? I feel, God, you want to do something with my life. I feel like there's something greater. I can be doing something bigger, but I'm afraid that that I can't do it like Chad does. I'm afraid I can't do it like my neighbor does, like anybody else beside me. I, I've seen, wow, have you ever seen somebody do something and you think, man, I wish I could do that? You know, I just... We got to understand God has placed specific things. They're there, they exist inside of you. And we need to partner with Him. We need to tap into the things He's invested in us and placed inside of us. The third end that I have is ingenuity. Now, Sid, talking about being an engineer, I've been an engineer for a very long time. I've done automotive engineering, I've done industrial engineering, I've done civil engineering and I'm doing telecommunication engineering now, and it's, it's exciting. I love creating things. There's just something on the inside of me that wants to see something take shape and form and build something. I've been a part of a lot of, of back when I worked at Clarita Ziegler Engineering in Marion, well, I did, we did a lot of the site plans, like for the Miners Ball Stadium and different things like that, and so how all that works, and so your car doesn't get flooded while it's in the parking lot during a heavy rain. That all had to be engineered and thought and plotted out. So God has placed on the inside of me that ingenuity, and he has placed ingenuity on the inside of you. Now, now don't, don't shut me out because you're like, well, I don't draw, I don't build anything, I don't... You see, you can create with simply the sound of your voice. You can create with just your words, because we know that life and death are where power. in the power yeah, in the tongue, right so we know that if you like if you speak over a situation, you can speak life into that situation. I was um, in a pretty horrible situation with with uh, you know, got to be general here, I don't have the complete liberty to share t- this testimony, but it was with my family in. And I was just, I was ready to be done. I was just over it. It was bad. And instead, I, you know, at first I'm like, nope, God's got this, God's got this, God's got this. And maybe you've been there too. You know, you're just believing, you're, you're holding fast, you're believing, oh, it's going to change. But there was so much back and forth and back and forth, and I was just wore out. And I just started like, well, I guess that's just the way it is. This is just how it's going to be. I can't do anything to change the situation. I prayed. I've tried. I've fasted. God, I don't know what else to do. And I, I was in the moly grubs, Pastor. I was bummed out. I was just dredging through it. And uh, my wife, I love my wife. Again, fellas, we, I, this is a good thing. I listened to my bride. She grabbed me by the shoulders, and she said, stop. Stop. This is not what God's word says. God will change this situation. God is not a man that he should lie. We will stand on God's word till our very last breath. I mean, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like, wow, okay, baby. (laughs) All right. But seriously, I'm so glad that she did that. And I'm here to tell you, I stopped and I said, God. there's gonna be life coming to this situation because you're God. You know, I made a comment in first service, I quit watching the news just because, oh, you watch the news and it's like, and I'm not hating on anybody, but it's, where's you out? And you leave, and sometimes scrolling your Facebook feed will do the same thing. I'm doing pretty good and I scroll through Facebook and it's like, oh. You know? But I'm here to tell you folks, this region belongs to Jesus. This state of Illinois belongs to Jesus. Our country belongs to Jesus. And I'm not going to do what I did in my situation and say, Well, God, I mean, Jesus, God be coming soon because man, look at what everybody's doing. This is awful. No, we got to stop that because I am looking. At a body of believers, a group of people who are going to stand firm in his word and declare the love of Jesus over this land. We're seeing it take place in Mount Carmel. We're seeing the love of God move through the hearts of his sons and daughters, and we're seeing him change it. So we're not giving up, are we, church? We're going to move forward. We're going to believe what the Word of God says because He's put something inside of you and it's got to come out. You got to let it come out. He's looking for those who will say yes to Him, who will say yes, who, hey, listen, I was, I was uh, this morning even, God just continues to add ingredients to a message. He just does. He just keeps piling onto your heart. I was listening to a message and it was, uh, Bill Johnson's wife was speaking, and she was talking about their one of their grandchildren being born, and they got a bad report. They're at the hospital, and one of the things that she does when something shocks her, she says, "I just simply ask God, what are you doing?" And in this moment, when they said the bad report, baby's in bad shape. It was really bleak outlook, and God just said, "Don't agree with it. Just say no. Just say no." And that's how they begin to pray, and the baby was okay. We, it wears us out sometimes. That's what the enemy tries to do. He just tries to wear us out. But there's something greater on the inside of you than anything he'll ever throw at you, even though at the time you might be like, what is this? I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want to encourage you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, Please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.